morning. I want you to stay for the dinner, and then I want you to come back on Sunday night and be a part of that Thanksgiving communion service. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a worship time, and we're going we're gonna to read some scripture, and we're going to take communion together. And I believe that you'll, it, it, will, it will really increase your, the value of your Thanksgiving week if, if you'll make, make plans to be here for that Thanksgiving communion service next Sunday night. Next Sunday night. This morning I want to preach to you, uh, and I'll, I'll start off with a, with the story from Luke chapter 1, when, uh, when God was, you know, it, it starts the Christmas story not by telling uh, how Jesus was going to be born, at least in Luke. It starts with how John the Baptist is going to be born, because John the Baptist was sent as, as the introducer of Jesus. With, that God was going to anoint his ministry, and he was going to be the one who proclaimed, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It was actually related because Mary and, and uh, Elizabeth were, were related. It says so. And, uh, but so so here's, here's the story it's, that starts to unfold in the first chapter of Luke. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get around to reading verse 20 in a few moments, but I want to tell you this, that, that uh, when it says that he was on duty... Uh, that week, and as a priest, he was. They, they, they would travel from where they lived to, to be in the uh, the place where that uh, worship was taking place, and I assume that would be Jerusalem. And uh, but, but whether it was there or Hebron, anyway, he was on duty as as a priest, and he was going in there burning incense as priests did in that in those days. He was doing his job. You know, you, you do your job, and you think it's going to be pretty much alike. If you, if you go down the same roads, you kind of do the same thing. There's some, so he's just going through the normal stuff. And all of a sudden, there's an angel in there. Ain't, he doesn't know it's Gabriel, but there's an angel in the room. Yeah. And he's, quite, he's a little bit uh, shocked by it. Yeah. And this angel says to him, you and Elizabeth are going to have a baby. And he said, the Lord, this is what the angel said, the Lord has answered your prayers. I have a feeling that Zacharias and Elizabeth had, that had been praying about a baby years ago. <laughs> I, I think the Lord answered his prayers from when he was in his 20s and 30s and 40s. And then as their 50s and 60s, you know, got, got, got there, Probably those prayers were a lot less frequent if, in fact, they were still had the faith to believe God was going to give them a prayer. But, but this was a shock to him that this angel's telling him, uh, uh, <laughs> can you imagine how funny it would be if you knew how he really felt? I, well, he's, the angel's talking to him and telling him the rest of the story. You know how you kind of leave a conversation and start your mind's thinking and, you're, and he's still talking, but how am I going to tell Elizabeth? What's she going to think about this? <laughs> How in the world can that even happen? You know, he's, he's, he's got all these things going through his head, and the angel's still telling him, good news, good news, I'm, that your prayers are going to be answered. You and Elizabeth are going to have a, you're going to have a baby, and he tells him the special characteristics of the baby. It's, it's a beautiful story. Take time to read it in, in the first chapter of, uh, of Luke. And uh, uh, he, he uh, but, but here's, the, here's the point that when, when the angel quits talking, this is what comes out of Zacharias' mouth. He says, how will I know that this is really going to happen? 
What sign? In other words, he was asking for a sign or some kind of proof or how, what authority, you know, do you have to tell me this? He, he was just, he just, it was just what in his heart, he, he, it was so hard for him to believe he needed a little help. That's what he was saying, you know, in his defense. I, I, can, I, can, I can imagine that, but how, how shall I know this? And this is how the angel answered him, and it was extremely stern. Wow. He said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. <laughs> so he, he, he is, uh, uh, he's just explaining to it was the, the proof you have is you just had an angel in the room that told you. That's the proof that you need. But, 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 but this is what, how it continues, and this leads into my message. Verse 20, and the angel Gabriel, this, he spoke these words, but behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the days of these things take place because you did not believe in my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. In other words, the, the, the angel didn't say, he didn't, he didn't decide, okay, it's not going to happen to you because you were living in unbelief. The, the, the angel was kind of saying, believe it or not, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, and uh, because you didn't believe me that it was going to happen, you're not going to be able to go home and tell Mary about it at all. Yeah. Unless you write it down. Yeah. Can you imagine him going home and trying to tell him? <laughs> I wonder what all he did. She says, why aren't you talking to me? She says, she says, sure, sure. You know, really, if you, if you think about it, I'm not trying to make something comical out of it. I'm, I'm just saying it's the, the reality. They were people just like us. And, and, and he, was, he, he really had a problem that day that, that overcame him, that, that really caused, caused an interruption in, in what this story could have been. And that little thing, that little something was just, Unbelief. Can, can, can it ever be that God is so good it's hard to believe He's really that good? It's, it's hard to believe that He really, really would forgive me and save me and want to touch my life and use me? Is it, is it, is it really true that God is, is, is so, so gracious that I, whatever my need is, I can take it to Him and I can touch the hem of His garment? I, who am I to touch the hem of His garment? Do, do we also, like him, have a problem sometimes with a little less believing than we should? Maybe we believe, but do we have a problem with unbelief that creeps in with our believing and, and, and is mixed with our believing? We've got in the same package believing and unbelieving, and, 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 and you know, it just depends on the thought, which one's going which one's to win. But God would have us to to get to a place where our believing takes over in our minds. Jesus said, lose your life for my sake and find it yet again. You're going to look and look and look for it, but until you lose your life for my sake, until you believe that I really have the best plan for your life, you're going to forfeit the best plan for your life. You're going to lose 
the, the opportunity to, uh, to experience that, that finding it yet again until you have enough belief to say, Lord, I really believe here, here, I'll give you, the, I'll, I'll give you lordship of my life. I'll give you the, the right that, that your will and your plans, they're higher, they're better. And I want them. I choose them. Um, unbelief made Zacharias, Zacharias the, the, it depends which tra translation you're reading, whether it says Zacharias or Zachariah, because uh, one's the Greek word and the Greek pronunciation and the other's the, uh, not. And, uh, uh, but unbelief made him do without being able to tell everybody all this exciting news. 